What is the new right? I talk about it a lot. The new right, what is it? Let's, let's pause for just a moment on that. We're going to get to that tonight on the special. We have a great show, great guests for you. But let's talk about the old right, conservatism. I'm going to ask you a question. It's not going to be a comfortable question. I'll be honest with you. It's not. If you're honest with yourself, it's going to be very uncomfortable. But I'm going to ask it anyway because we have to analyze each other, right? We have to analyze ourselves. There's no other place, there's no better place to solve your problems than the mirror. I know every time I've screwed something up in my life, it's so tempting to blame him and it's her fault, it's his fault. This is mostly my fault. So we're going to look in the mirror. You are and I am. Let me ask you something. I know you use the word conservative a lot. I have a million times myself. Not conservative. He's a conservative. He's a true conservative. A conservative. We're, we're a conservatism. Conservative. That's fine. It's fine. It's good. I'm not insulting it. What has conservatism conserved? Tell me. What has it conserved? Look at the state of our nation. What has it conserved? It was supposed to keep these communists at bay. It was supposed to keep government small. It was supposed to keep our nation out of crippling financial debt. It was supposed to protect our sovereignty at the border. Conservatism was supposed to stop all of this madness. That's what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to conserve what we have and stop all these, all these people, the left, the communists, from assaulting us. Has it worked? How are we doing today compared to 100 years ago? Has it worked? Well, I know you know the answer. It has not worked at all. It's not worked. But why hasn't it worked? Well, we can unpack a bunch of different reasons why it hasn't worked. You can talk about cowards and sellouts and all these other things. We can throw all those accusations out there. But here's the basic fact of it. Generally, the reason conservatism doesn't work is it's only defensive. What do I mean by that? Well, let me picture this. Picture this. There's a gigantic fence. I have a 10-foot fence around my house. A 10-foot fence around the house. You, you show up with 20 guys, and you want to get through my fence so you can harm me. If I never leave the fence to get you off of it, are you going to get in eventually? Of course you are. I can't say no at all times, hold up every single board at all times. At some point, whether it's one day, one year, one week, who knows? At some point, you're getting through the fence because I'm trying to conserve what I have. I'm saying no. That's the old right. Defense at all times. No, the answer is no. The truth is the new right, the new right must be, must be about offense. And these are the things that make people uncomfortable. Maybe they're making you uncomfortable now. But we are in a very, very dangerous time right now. And the truth is, if you're going to defeat the American communists, it very likely is going to mean doing things that make you uncomfortable. The new right must leave that fence and fight them and get them away from the walls because they're already battering the walls down. We must play Offense. The new right plays offense. The response to a 
federal mandate on businesses? There's a federal mandate. Pick your number. We're going to give these this business a hundred thousand dollar fine if they don't if they don't guarantee if they don't get a vaccine mandate on all their employees. The response to that by the Republican states cannot be no. The response to that is okay. We're going to pass a law and we'll give a million dollar fine to any business who does pass vaccine mandates. That's offense. That's the new right. And that's how we must play now. And I need to clarify something before we continue and go on with this special and everything tonight. I'm a small government guy. I can't stand government. I want it just to be itty bitty teeny tiny. So when I say doing things that make you uncomfortable, this is all stuff that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want state legislatures passing mandates on businesses. That sounds awful. That sounds terrible. But I didn't get to pick the time God gave me on this planet, and neither do you. In all forms of government, all strategies, they're not all equipped for all times. You and I must adjust. We must make adjustments based on the time we've been given. And we have been given a time where the system, the government, corporate, education, or, or, or Hollywood, even half the churches, they have all joined forces to destroy what you care about. We are not in normal times now. We are in abnormal times, so we must act abnormally. I mean, we're still celebrating Glenn Youngkin. Why did, why did Glenn Youngkin win in Virginia? I don't understand. It's a state. Remember, this is not a purple state. It's a blue state. They went for Joe Biden by 10 points. That's not even close. 10 points. And yet, they just went for Glenn Youngkin. Why? Why? Because parents went out and started savaging school boards. Parents went out and let their voices be heard. Parents started phone banking for Glenn Youngkin. No more sitting at home. No more li living and letting live. No, 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 no. Offense. Let's get out and play offense now. Look, they're trying to make you out to be domestic terrorists. That's how they responded when they were called domestic terrorists. They got up and sung the national anthem. More people showed up the next time. And remember, that's how you must act. Whatever the communist hates, you feed him more of it. When he whines, you don't back off, not ever. You go after them. And let's talk about this, domestic terrorists. Let's be real frank right now. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, in fact, the federal government itself, is working very, very, very hard to make sure you are labeled a domestic terrorist. They are. And so back to this new right thing. I don't know who's coming up that's going to solve this. Maybe it's Ron DeSantis. I don't know. But any Republican running for office had better promise to clear the rot out of the FBI before it turns into the Stasi. We had better. We had better. And look, here's how they've operated for years. They've operated knowing that you, a person on the right, undoubtedly have Judeo-Christian values. No, that's not me calling you a Christian or a Jew. I don't know your religious beliefs, and it's not my business. I'm not your pastor. But it's, it's part of the right's base. It's part of what you believe. And so because that's part of your value system, you believe in love, right? You believe in equality, undoubtedly. 
They've used that on you forever because the communist specializes in using your values against you. They, do, they love doing it because it works. That's why the St. George Floyd riots caught on so fast. Nobody would have, I, I want to be, be a good white person. I, I love black people. Look at my black friends. I, I'm not a bad one. That's why they always pull out the, as a person of color, or as a woman, or as a this, as they pull that out because they know it attacks your value system and it shuts you up. The new right cannot allow that. You must ignore that. In fact, you must ignore everything they say. I know this makes people uncomfortable. I know. But if you treat them and their opinions as if it's coming from a slug crawling across your sidewalk, whatever they say to you, if you treat their opinions as if it's nothing, you take all of their power away. They've thrived. They've not only survived, they've thrived using your values against you. When you hear them say things like this, ignore it. Glenn Youngkin played the race card for a reason, because he knows it works on certain white voters. He did stoke white grievance politics to mobilize the Republican base. He's laundered Trump's really sort of disgusting, flagrant out-racism. Yep. He's wrapped it in education. Yep. Education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. That's the fundamental problem for these parents and this anti-CRT movement. They don't like the way whiteness is being portrayed in these new, more inclusive lessons. Yeah. This wasn't about those pocketbook issues. This was about how white kids feel talking about what black kids go through. The subtext of all this was we can't let these black and brown people run the country. It's all they have. It's all they have, and it's all they've had to have. They knew forever. If they just call you a racist, it will shut you up and slow you down. And even if you don't, even if you don't buy into it, you'll you'll waste time defending yourself. You attack them on an issue that you're a racist immediately. You allow them to put you on the defensive. I, I am not. A, I, my girlfriend's black. I. I don't allow them to distract you. Don't allow them to choose the battlefield. Offense at all times. That must be the new right. Ron DeSantis, the things he's doing in Florida, that's how it's done. We started with 15 days to slow the spread, and, and now it's gone to get jabbed or lose your job. This is a rule that is not consistent with the Constitution and is not legally authorized through congressional statutes. Uh, there is no federal police power. Uh, the federal government can't just unilaterally impose medical policy under the guise of workplace regulation. And that is exactly what they're trying to do here. They don't provide any in instances why uh, the workplace is somehow different than anything else that's been done uh, with any of this. Uh, this is an attempt to shoehorn policy uh, through the bureaucracy in a way that will um, uh, be difficult for some of these uh, individuals and private uh, parties uh, to resist. I think it's interesting that this is being done under the guise of emergency power. This was announced two months ago, and it said this is an emergency and that this is grave danger is facing. Then why did it take you two months to issue uh, the rule? Why indeed? 
Let's hope we have a lot more like him. Remember, offense at all times, never defense. No more playing the communist game on the communist field with the communist referees enforcing the communist rules. You make the rules now. Never allow them to use your values against you. We have a great show about the new right coming up. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We'll be back. Joining me now, Congressman Chip Roy of Texas, should be one of the leaders of the Republican Party at this point in time, but we're not going to go into that with Chip right now. I am going to ask him, though, Congressman, we have Republicans, somehow, someway, Republicans voting for massive Democrat infrastructure bills. What in the world is in the water back there, and why are you not drinking it? I mean, I'm glad you're not, but what is wrong with these people? Well, look, uh, you know, we, we saw what was going on when Democrats were trying to jam through a terrible infrastructure bill. And unfortunately, 13 of our colleagues uh, made a full-headed decision to uh, side with the Democrats and basically bail out Nancy Pelosi and grease the skids for this, you know, ridiculous reconciliation package. And look, that stuff will play out. I understand two or three of them have their foot out the door, but there's a lot of them who don't. You know, we've got members of, the, of our conference who are ranking members and otherwise who should not have done that. Uh, and frankly, they went on the board and they gave a hall pass to AOC and the Freedom Caucus. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> ironically uh, referring to the gang there, the, the squad. You know, they, they gave them a hall pass to sort of walk. And we should have done that. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, get back in the South and get on offense. Uh, Chip, I'm not, I'm not asking you to indict any specific person in GOP leadership in the House. But I do have to ask... How strong can GOP leadership in the House possibly be if we lose 13 critical votes that are the reason this infrastructure bill passed? Why isn't leadership banging heads together? Well, I think what we saw unfold is now a wake-up call for Republicans. Okay, that's what I think, Jesse. And I think we need to be holding our leadership accountable. Uh, We need to be looking ahead to 2023. And instead of saying things like take back the House, we need to be talking about taking back America. We need to go out and win minds and hearts of the American people. We need to stop worrying about how much money we're raising so that we can, quote, get back in power. And instead, let's focus on zeroing in on putting out an agenda and a message that will move the American people to get behind us. And let's go retake the country. There are a lot of things we need to do. And I can tell you, voting with Democrats so you can bring home a bridge to New York isn't the way to get it done. You don't saddle up with those who are trying to take out our country and are rolling over the forgotten men and women out there, particularly here in Texas. Uh, who are getting steamrolled by federal government every single day. Speaking about forgotten men and women, uh, Congressman, I know you've seen this, but here's Procter, Procter and Gamble employees. Man, alive, you got to feel for them. We are Procter and Gamble. You don't know our names. You don't know our faces. But there are thousands of us. And we work to produce the brands and products you use every single day. Pampers. Tide. Tampax. Charmin, Gillette, Febreze, Crest, Oral-B, Secret, and many more. Some of us have been working here for 30 years. Some of us have been working here for 30 months. But we all have one thing in common. Because our company has threatened us with termination in the near future. For daring to say, our bodies, our choice. You, the consumer, may not care about us being attacked. You may not even care if we're terminated. But know this. You'll start to care when our termination begins to affect you personally. 
What you've already seen happen to the airline industry will soon happen to many other organizations in America and around the world. When shipping speeds slow to a crawl and you can't acquire basic necessities, remember you could have stopped it from happening. Congressman, I, I, I mean, setting aside how unjust it is that these scumbag employers are doing this to their employees, I don't think people understand how devastating it will be if even 5% of the workforce just walks away. Yeah, well, look, I'm very proud of the Americans out there who are hard workers who are telling their employers to pound sand and thereby telling President Biden to take this unconstitutional, unlawful mandate and shove it right up his rear end, because that's exactly what the American people are doing. That's what they should be doing. Uh, whether you're talking about those uh, employees there at Procter & Gamble or whether you're talking about the pilots at Southwest Airlines that fought back, whether you're talking about the firefighters and the cops in New York, whether you're talking about people all across this country who are saying no. And look, to everyone out there who's a little afraid, I understand it. I get it. You guys lock arms together and you stand strong. We're fighting this in court. Uh, there's some great litigation going on to try to win it there. But look, I don't like putting all my eggs in the baskets of what some judges are going to decide. We need to just take this in our own hands, take our country back. Governor Abbott, the governors across this state, across this country, need to stand strong. We ought to have legislatures passing laws that contradict what the feds are doing. And frankly, uh, I'm just glad to see that uh, we're getting so much pushback now in this country uh, against this. And I think that when we come back in December, uh, no Republican, not one Republican, should be voting for a continuing resolution or any funding measure that is going to uh, continue to fund this unconstitutional tyranny. So do not vote for a funding measure until these vaccine uh, mandates that are unconstitutional are rescinded. Congressman, I, I shouldn't say I'm not worried about Texas because I'm always worried about Texas because that's where I reside. I want it to go the right way. But setting aside Texas, people who live in blue areas, I feel like they don't have any relief, any hope coming at all for any relief of this. I, it, it feels so wrong to me. Does that make sense? You have all these people in these blue areas and they're just stuck forever until they move. Well, of course, the beauty of our federalist system is, is that that speaks volumes, right? If you're a freedom lover, you go move to a state where they actually believe in freedom. If you're in California and you're stuck, we welcome you in Texas. We don't want you to bring your garbage California values to Texas. But if you love freedom, you come here. If you are seeking refuge from New York or Massachusetts or Illinois, we understand. You know, our great-great-grandparents moved to Texas because they wanted to seek a better life for their kids. And so I think move with your feet, vote with your feet, or frankly, get involved in your state. Virginia proved last week that if people mobilize against the absurdity of what we saw unfold in Loudoun County, the absurdity of Terry McAuliffe saying that parents shouldn't be involved with their kids' education, you saw what happened. They were able to get in there and make a change. Now, I don't think that Youngkin or Virginia are going to suddenly be pushing, you know, strong, hardcore Texas conservatism. But I do think it was a big shot across the bow of what you can do, even in a, you know, kind of middle purple, bluish state like Virginia, if you get involved and you take your country back. Just stop taking it. Say no. Go to the school boards, take them back. Go to the state, take it back. Congressman, I feel like education is not talked about enough. I know you talk about it, so, but I, I feel like education is not talked near enough. That's where all this stuff comes from. The reason we have a country full of CEOs who are scumbags and senators who are scumbags and athletes who are scumbags is they all got filtered through our education system that taught them all this place sucks. If we don't take back the schools, none of the rest of this stuff matters at all. Well, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, people should 
uh, stop bowing down to the altar, frankly, of, with all due respect, I'll say this in Texas, college football on Saturday morning and not think about what you're doing when you're funding universities that are teaching your kids that America's evil, whether it's K through 12, undergraduate, law schools, postgraduate, let's stop it. I'm really proud in Austin, a bunch of entrepreneurs have come together. They're opening up the University of Austin on Thursday with a bunch of academics who are conservative, a lot of different mindset coming around from all over the country uh, to create a new alternative. Let's just end run the corrupt education system. Let's put some pressure on them to do the right thing, not by worrying about trying to go change those leftists sitting in their little coffee shops and universities. Let's end run it through entrepreneurial activity the American way. That's what the University of Austin is doing. That's what parents are doing now that 12 to 13 percent of parents are homeschooling after they saw during COVID the veil lifted on the corrupt education system. They said to hell with that. I don't want critical race theory. I don't want to teach my kids that America is evil. I want to teach America, teach my kids that America is awesome, that I'm proud of this country, that I believe in God, that I believe in freedom. Go take your schools back or frankly, ignore your schools, homeschool your kids, or go create a private school with your friends. But stop accepting the status quo. Amen. Congressman, one last thing. Do you think the GOP, I understand it's a, I understand it's a process, do you think they're starting to get it more than they've gotten it in the past? Are we going to have a GOP that takes back the House and it's all about tax cuts? Or are we going to have a GOP that's actually serious about fighting these communist hordes? Look, we've got a large and growing class of people in the GOP conference who understand it. It's not enough. It's not a majority yet. You, you the voters, need to go push Republicans to do the right thing. But we need to come in with an agenda in 2023 that is what we want. Let's actually go in and fire 20% of all government bureaucrats, 30%. Let's just go get rid of them. Let's empower the president to fire bureaucrats. Let's actually get education freedom. Let's get the Department of Education out of the schools. Let's actually get healthcare freedom and say that you can go to the doctor of your choice. Let's actually have energy freedom with lots of nuclear power, lots of gas-fired plants, instead of letting the left drive the agenda. Quit responding to the left. Quit flying to Glasgow and kissing the butts of a bunch of Europeans who want to tell us how to have our energy policy. Let's beat China by having a strong Western Hemisphere and a strong, secure border with the rule of law actually being supported and enforced. And let's actually create competition and beat China's rear. And let's fire the bulk of the brass at the Department of Defense that is teaching woke nonsense and chief diversity officers and you know naming ships after gay activists. Let's knock that stuff off. Let's create a military that will kill people and blow things up and let's save this country. Congressman Chip Roy, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. God bless you. All right. We got Ian Pryor next. Joining me now is Ian Pryor. He is the executive director of fightforschools.com, also former senior official in the Trump Justice Department. Ian Okay, big election win, not just in Virginia, but New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Seattle. I can't help but feel like education may have had something to do with all that. Yeah, well, it certainly did. I mean, you know, I said it the, the night before the election at, at a rally for, for Glenn Youngkin that, you know, really we've been playing the politics of division for about 15 years. Uh, everyone's been sliced and diced into their identity boxes and categories, and the left really uses that to win elections. But when you're talking about something like education and the future of our children, it really transcends 
political ideology. It transcends, you know, race, gender, ethnicity, religion. And that's really what you saw out here in Virginia, especially in Loudoun County, where parents got together and they weren't all Republican. They were Democrats. They were independents. They came from all different backgrounds. And, you know, they really led this fight and I think inspired much of Virginia to come out and, and vote for Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears and Jason Miares. Yeah, talk about the school board thing when it came to Loudoun County. A lot of people weren't there in the beginning of all this uproar. Loudoun County, Virginia, everyone knows about it now. How did the uproar begin? Because school boards didn't just start sucking. They've sucked for a long time. Parents all of a sudden became aware of it. How? Well, it really started last year when schools were closed and there was no sign that they were going to be reopened at the beginning of 2020. So you had a lot of parents were organized that would go to school board meetings and you know speak speak truth to power um ultimately schools weren't reopened fully i think until april of this year and even that wasn't it was a hybrid uh version but really when you get to it the inflection point is march of this year where you had this private facebook group called the anti-racist parents of loudon county with six school board members in there. And these individuals in this group were plotting against parents that were you know, opposed to critical race theory in schools, opposed to opening schools. And I think that is the point where people said enough of this, if we can't trust our government to be respectful and to represent us you know, in accordance with state law and their own code of conduct, then we're gonna start pushing back and we're gonna start exposing what, what it is that's going on here. Well, I'm actually going to play you a great little media meltdown that I enjoy a lot. Hang on, watch this. I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the <laughs> suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection-endorsed Republican. What do Democrats do about that? This is now, I think, also the Republican playbook, is, is to use these issues to scare people, basically, um, a, a feeling out of control, you know, that, that everything's out of control with their children and they need to be protected from these people with this, uh, demagogues and this agenda, right? Yeah, sure. I, let's be clear. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right? Some of it was... Uh, dog whistle racism. A thousand percent. But it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And I mean, unfortunately, race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. Ian, I don't understand. Critical race theory isn't real, but they're mad about critical race, race theory. I just don't understand. Well, what's real? Well, you know, a couple of things about that, that clip. First, I think they may have missed the fact that Winsome Sears, who is black, who is an immigrant, who is a woman and a former Marine, was just elected lieutenant governor, and she is a Republican. So convenient that they left that part out. Um, secondly, you know, look, I, I saw the bills uh, that we were getting teachers trained in critical race theory. If it's not real, then what do we spend those thousands of dollars for? I saw an email from the former superintendent saying that, yes, critical race theory is part of our teacher training and our social justice instruction in school. So if it's not real, then what is it that they're talking about? Look, they, they keep saying, well, critical race theory is not taught. It's not taught in schools. Well, no kidding, it's not taught. Meritocracy is not taught either, but it's applied throughout education. It's just gaslighting. They know it, we know it. And if they keep on doing this, they're gonna continue to lose. I'm glad you brought that up. If they keep on doing this, they're going to continue to lose. Because I don't know about you, Ian. I've been paying close attention since that big election. 
and I've seen zero indication that they have any intention of stopping at all or slowing down. These people are not capable of introspection. Yeah, and that's, again, I mean, you've seen those clips. They are doubling down on this, right? I mean, calling parents domestic terrorists, calling them racist because they don't agree, because, you know, we don't believe every single thing that the left wants us to believe, and we push back against it using our freedom of speech. That somehow makes everyone a bad person. Look, the, the bottom line is what you've seen now is they are going to double down. I'm already starting to see, you know, where they're saying, well, this was really about school closures. And, and they're trying to, to, you know, really reshape the narrative here that this was not a powerful issue in the Virginia electoral results. It absolutely was. You can go out there. You can ask anyone. We've been out there collecting signatures to recall some of these school board members. And, you know, we even had people that would take a sample Democrat ballot. They would talk to the person that, you know, that was handing them out saying, yeah, I'm a Democrat. And then they walk right over and sign for the school board recall. So, you know, this idea that this is going to go away or just because parents were able to swing an election in Virginia because of their hard work and activism that we're going to stop is absolutely false. And I'm glad you brought up Winsome Sears because I already love this woman. But when I saw this, I saw this MSNBC guest. And I'll tell you what, man, gosh, these people are so out of line. Problem is here, they want they want white supremacy by ventriloquist effect. There is a black mouth moving, but a white idea through the running on the runway of the tongue of a figure who justifies and legitimates uh, the white supremacist practices. Did you know Winsome Sears was a white supremacist? I, I did not, but I can tell you that comment right there is, is racist. I mean, the, the bottom line is these people cannot get past division. They cannot get past identity politics and start looking as individuals for the success that they have achieved. And her success was historic here in Virginia. And her speech, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to watch her speech, but she gives an amazing speech. And I, I probably lost my voice on Tuesday just cheering for future Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears because she's fantastic. Ian, everybody remembers the shot heard round America when Merrick Garland issued that letter to the FBI saying, hey, these parents are domestic terrorists, potentially domestic terrorists. What I was very impressed about, Ian, was that it didn't work. It didn't seem to work at all. In fact, it seemed to ramp things up from the parents. Yeah, because I think everybody knew what that was. It was a politically motivated memo designed to get parents to stop speaking up in the middle of an election. And they said, yeah, we're not going to do that. Because they knew that, listen, these aren't domestic terrorists. These are just parents going to school board meetings, exercising their First Amendment rights. And sure, people that are in public office get all kinds of you know, garbage emails that, you know, I wouldn't send for sure, but they're not, most of them are not credible threats. I mean, they were using that as a way to, you know, really kind of create this narrative that parents are somehow evil and a threat uh, to school board members and to public officials. But I think that thing boomeranged. I mean, look, here in Loudoun County, here in Virginia, I think there were three things that ultimately led to this election result. One, when Terry McAuliffe said parents shouldn't be in charge of what schools teach, Two, when we found out that the Loudoun County School Board covered up a sexual assault to pass a transgender uh, bill. And then three, when Merrick Garland issues his memo that parents are domestic terrorists, uh, basically using the National School Board Association's narrative, which cited the guy who got arrested in Loudoun County, whose daughter was the one who was sexually assaulted. Ian, where do we go from here? I know you're not slowing down. I know you're not stopping. Where do we go from here? Well, look, I think it, when we started Fight for Schools, 
the mission was not necessarily to go out and recall school board members. The mission was to bring attention to school board races so that when people run for school board and they send out their flyer saying, I want more recess, it's not just going to be that, that, that people are you know, put on the spot, that we have to understand where they are on a lot of these issues. And I think we have successfully brought attention to school boards across the country. And I would be very doubtful that people are not going to be paying attention the next time there's a school board race. So people need to continue um, to put the pressure on to make sure that school boards are held accountable, that they don't bring politics of any kind into the schools, that they stick to the basics, math, science, reading, writing. And that even at the state and federal level, let's look at things like school choice. Let's get transparency, accountability, um, a parent's bill of rights. These are all things that need to happen over the next several years. Ian, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back. You know, I'm rapidly becoming a big fan of Christina. She joins me now. Christina Pushaw, she is the press secretary for Florida Governor Heavy D, Ron DeSantis, and she is a firebrand in her own right. Christina, we're talking a lot about the new right right now, about the new right having to be more offensive. I don't really mean it in that way, but playing a lot more offense than defense. And it seems like Florida, it seems like y'all have that figured out. How'd you figure it out? Well, I mean, I don't know that the state itself has it figured out, but our governor certainly does. So I think just the fact that we have real leadership here, that's why Florida has figured it out. Because we have a governor who will stand up to whether it's the progressive left or corporate interests or really anyone from pressure from anywhere to stand for individual rights. He, speaking of which, here is Ron DeSantis talking about mandates. This is how every single Republican governor should be talking right now. Fine, and I think people can, they can certainly weigh in. I would say that uh, Florida is- Weigh is a, in, they're gonna come out against this hard. Well, good. Well, I think that Florida is a great place to do business. And, um, you, know, you, you know, you can ask some of these companies, like, would you rather be doing some, some of the other states that you've had to deal with or this? And so I think this is going to be something that uh, is going to pass. And I think it's going to be something that is going to be implemented. And at the end of the day, look, if I have to choose between a massive company or individual Floridians who are just trying to put food on the table, I got to side, side with the folks. You'd let a big company go if they wanted to mandate vaccine and yeah, well, I, I don't conform. think you're going to see any of that. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we, fortunately, Florida's humming. Fortunately, Florida's the place people want to be. Christina, explain to me why that message is not spoken by every single Republican governor in the country. That makes all the sense in the world. Who hears that I would choose my people over a big company? Who hears that and doesn't like it? That's a no-brainer message, and yet Ron DeSantis seems to be the only one who talks like that. Right. Well, no, I mean, I'm totally with you. I think it's a winning message. I think, you know, the people elect their leaders, right? And so the leaders have to work for the people. That's very basic. Now, I can't speak for other governors, obviously. I speak for one governor, and I'm very fortunate that that is my boss and that he is really standing up for Floridians, despite all the pressure from all sides, including 
from both the Biden administration as well as some woke corporations that want to enact these mandates and fire workers for their personal medical decisions um, independent of the federal policies which are unlawful. So yeah, I mean, I don't know why he is, He it seems like he is unique in this. Um, I know though that I think, you know, he's, he's led the way on a lot of these anti-mandate and um, anti-communist policies and has proven to be right. So I do think that hopefully others will follow suit if that's not the case already. Christina, can you explain to me why a corporation, I mean, I, I understand you can only guess because this is not your policy. Why would a corporation think so little of its employees that it wants to fire them for this? Because that's really what I see across the country and it baffles me. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like. Also, obviously, a lot of these corporations, just because of how big the federal government has gotten, a lot of them depend on the federal government for contracts and such, and they don't want to do anything that would um, get in the way of that. So some of it really is just whether it's the official mandates and orders from the Biden administration or whether it's the threat of those. They just want to comply. Now, others, though, I do think it just... You know, they're, they're so caught up in this woke ideology and on this idea of mandating that they don't even think about not only their own workers, they don't even think about the science behind this or the public health justification of which there is none. We know that fully vaccinated people can and do get and spread it. So like none of this makes sense at all, unless you think that the elites are just so out of touch with everyday people that they don't even care and they're not even trying to understand what's going on. Christina, I'll, uh, look, everybody who follows politics at all knows who Ron DeSantis is now, but I feel like about 15 minutes ago, nobody knew who this guy was outside of the state of Florida. Now, he's been around. Would you give the person who didn't know who he was before a little background on who he is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, he is Florida native. He went to Yale on a baseball scholarship. Harvard Law School um, became a prosecutor, prosecuted um, child sex traffickers, pedophiles, put very nasty people in prison. Um, he served our country in the Navy. He was in JAG. Um, and then he ran for Congress, I want to say about 10 years ago, he um, was elected representing Northeast Florida and was always you know, a hardcore conservative. What I mean by that is that time, obviously, Obama was in office, so Congress really had to fight back, and he was one of those fighters. Um, and so I think since he's become governor, he was elected in 2018, um, very narrowly prevailed over an actual socialist, Andrew Gillum, um, who has since you know kind of collapsed and Governor DeSantis has just taken off. As you said, you know he's really become more of a figure in the national consciousness, not just only in Florida. But I think what really did that was his response to, to COVID and specifically his willingness to actually lead and make decisions based on the data, based on the facts, and based on what's right for Floridians versus whatever the prevailing communist um, progressive orthodoxy is. Is he aware that he is referred to as Heavy D on my TV and radio show? Oh, I'm sure he's heard he's heard the nickname before. <laughs> All right. If, are there other states? What's that, Christina? I'm sorry. 
Sorry, I don't think it's only you who calls him that, actually. I've heard it before from, from others, but maybe, did you? were you the one who came up with it? <laughs> no, no, I heard it and I just loved it. So now I just run with it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Christina Pushaw, thank you so much. I appreciate you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we got final thoughts next. Offense. We must now commit ourselves to doing things we don't like to do. I am just like you. I get it. I'm a live and let live guy. Just leave me alone. But we have to acknowledge times change. Every period of time in history is not the same. Times change. We're in a period now where we are surrounded. Our cultural pillars are all rotted at the top with filth who hates what you love and they're trying to destroy it. We cannot live and let live our way out of this mess. We must get much, much, much more aggressive. We must, be, must become activists. The new right must be something the communist fears, not something he mocks for its ineptitude and its principles. We must go, we must fight them as if everything depends on it, because everything does. The new right. I'll see you tomorrow.